This is the Virgin Radio Pridecast with Alex Milsom and Shivani Dave. Shivani, I've I've been meaning to ask. Ooh, what are you doing on Monday evening? I'm going bowling with my friends. Why? Oh no, don't worry. I was just um. Alex, were you gonna ask me out for Valentine's Day? No comment. Well, how about this? This episode of the Pridecast can be our date. And if it goes well, we'll see what happens on Monday. That sounds like a plan. Also, bowling bowling with your friends. Bold choice on Monday. Well, it's like a it's like a Palantines. It's a group hang. <laughs> there will be some couples, but we've all been told that we're not allowed to uh, acknowledge our relationships because a friend is going through a hard breakup. <laughs> so really, I'm being a good person. Yeah, of course. We should say, for those of you who haven't listened before and have just walked in on that slightly awkward introduction, this is the Virgin Radio Pridecast with me, Shivani Dave. And with me, Alex Milsom. And this week, with Valentine's Day fast approaching, we're talking all about dating as LGBTQ plus people. There's so much on the way, including a chat with Celebs Go Dating's very own Tom Reed Wilson. But first, we're talking about dating this week and we both know what dating can sometimes lead to. Heartbreak? Regrets? Um, Yes, all of those things, but sometimes others. And we've spoken about safer sex within the LGBTQ plus community before, but with National HIV Testing Week coinciding with our Valentine's Day episode, we thought we'd quickly chat about the importance of regular HIV testing. So today has been the last day of HIV Testing Week, and it's such an important time to raise awareness of the different ways that people can get tested for HIV and to encourage people to get tested. Have you ever been tested, Alex? Plenty of times. I spoke about that time when uh, I was at uni and uh, had someone approach me on Grindr, a charity that works to offer uh, LGBTQ plus people on their dating apps the opportunity to get tested. And uh, yeah, I've, I've done it plenty of times. It's painless um as long as you're okay with seeing your own blood you can do it at home you can just give your finger a quick little milk and then all of a sudden you've got enough of a sample to send off and the fact that you can just do that at home the fact that you don't really have to even venture you know that awkwardness that we sometimes would have felt if we were going to the gum clinic oh but now all of a sudden it's absolutely fine you can do it wherever you want and also there's nothing wrong with knowing your status And also, you know, there are basically no gum clinics anymore. So there is that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, this week, as you say, is all about giving HIV the finger, the finger that you prick to test. Oh, not the finger that I've just flipped you in the studio. Not that finger, no, Uh Alex. Um, That's not a great start to this date. (laughs) (laughs) I think the overall aim is to work towards um, no new cases of HIV by 2030, which is a huge task but completely doable with all of the testing and all of the medicine that is now available. Yeah, you know, people who are HIV positive can live completely normal lives if they take regular medication that helps them get their viral load under control. What Um, is normal? What is normal? That's a very good question. But it's, it's the fact that we are now in this world where the stigma is gradually being hidden away, you know, trying to knock it down to the fact that you and I are having a conversation in a studio talking about the importance of HIV testing decades ago. That wouldn't have even been a thing. And it's regular testing, which is absolutely crucial 
Yeah, absolutely crucial. You are 100% correct. And I think people can find it quite daunting, as you say, to go to a gum clinic and to say to somebody, I need to get a test. And it can be a bit weird to talk about your sex life with a complete stranger. Um, But we do it with you guys every single week. Okay, bit bold to say we talk about our sex lives, but... That's the After Dark episode. (laughs) It's great, though. You can pick up free postal kits from most places in the UK. Uh, It depends the provider that you go to depends on which NHS trust is funding it. Um, I know in London there's shl.uk. We'll put loads of bits of information. You can, there's also paid options uh, available to you as well if your NHS trust doesn't fund it. Yeah, and as Alex mentioned, there are the finger prick tests, which are probably the most well-known type of test, but there are self-swab tests available and there is loads of information. The Terence Higgins Trust is a great place to start and that will be tagged in the show description. So it's always great to know your status and we here at the Virgin Radio Pridecast highly recommend you do so, especially if you're dating. And we'll start our dive into the world of dating with one of the couples who appeared on Quite a Queer Conversation, actress Kate Holderness and her girlfriend, Radio 1 DJ Adele Roberts. Have a listen to them chatting about looking for love before the existence of dating apps. What? There was a time before dating apps? What advice would you give to someone who is recently out and wants to get on the dating scene? Get on the apps. Get oh, on that grinder. You're dying to get on those I apps. can't wait to swipe. Can somebody who's just newly joined Grinder come round to our house, please, and I will help you swipe? Adele's in a mood because we started going out before the apps were invented. Yeah. And all she I wants to do raging. is have a look at what happens on the apps. I want to know who I'm matched with. To be fair, I do understand where you're coming from because before the apps, there was a thing called Gaydar Girls. Oh, it was like an internet forum. <laughs> was and it a website? It was a website. <laughs> and I think it Hang had on, like. No, it was a forum. Rooms. It was a forum. You've been on a forum. I've been on a forum. <laughs> but I didn't upload my picture. I didn't use my real name. I just went on out of interest to see who was gay in my local area. And. And I found loads of people. There was a woman that worked in the opticians at Boots. (laughs) You get your three for twos for Christmas. Yeah. It just gave you extra points. She didn't know I'd seen her. I just knew her, but it was good because it made me know that there were more gay people in my hometown like me. It just made me feel included. Okay, if you're young and you've just come out, (laughs) get on the forums. (laughs) Don't use your little picture. So I get what Adele is saying, that Grinder sounds like it will be great fun. And I've Ooh. been on a friend's Grinder, and it's, I, I've, had a, I've had a laugh. But got to say, lesbian dating is completely different. Like the world of women who like women dating, uh, that whole world, including non-binary people assigned female at birth. You know what I mean? I'm, being, I'm trying to be inclusive, but I, that is, it's that true. whole space, dating, is so different to Grindr. Yeah, the amount of abuse that people who are trans receive on apps like Grindr is absolutely atrocious. Uh, they can, It can be a, a great space. Like There are friends who I've met from Grindr. It's also a space that is not really replicated elsewhere. Like um, If you go onto the app store to download Grindr, you search for it, and the second suggestion that comes up is Grindr Straight, I, I think that's great. Like Grinder straight. Grinder straight. People trying to search for the straight equivalent of Grinder because it straight is so people unique. Always try and steal our culture. <laughs> I really don't want to ever put Grinder 
and gay culture. I don't want to put Grinder inside the box of gay culture. We'd like to keep them very, very separate, Alex, if at all possible. Alex, I think you'll find Grinder and gay culture are one and the same. <laughs> RuPaul's Drag Race, Grinder, <laughs> and everything else in between. Um, yeah, I think I think Grinder like really dominates the space when people talk about queer dating. Yeah, it 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 does. It it, it like. Um, also, the, the term when people say about like the gaydar, that kind of is like to me what the physical embodiment of what a gaydar is. You go on Grinder and you're like, oh, there's one that's four meters away from me. Time to hide under my duvet. Is it's... that the one who's in the duvet with you? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, thank you very much. Um, I have weird memories of like when I was younger going on Tinder as an under 18 person because th- this is what's quite interesting is. That used to exist. You could, if you had a Facebook account and you were aged under 18, you could register for Tinder under 18 and you were kept away from the rest of everyone else. The only trouble is obviously malicious actors decided, oh, I'm going to change my age on Facebook and use that. But that was the first sort of like foray into into gay dating. I remember, <laughs> um, hello to Max, if you're listening. He was the first date I went on on uh, Tinder and uh, it was quite a weird experience. Um, let's just say I wasn't very comfortable with his dog and uh, it was just like it, it was such a weird like uncomfortable experience for me but it was the first t- kind of time that I actually put myself out there and was like oh gay dating so I know that feeling when you are swiping through on Tinder or that <laughs> grinder with no swiping involved by the way Dal sorry to disappoint you going through and looking through and going oh there's, a, there's people there's people nearby there's people right here yeah there is that there is that that's great and and grinder obviously lets you know just how many feet away they are but... <laughs> too many or not enough <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing with there's like that joke that stereotype that like lesbians move halfway across the country to go on their first date with somebody they've never met or whatever and that's that's so true more than a 5 minute walk gays won't do it i yes so this is my this is the thing adele if you're listening which of course you are religiously every friday evening then is it the fact that you want to use Grinder or see what Grinder's like because of the lust and the hookup culture, which I'm there for, not trying to shame you. Like, there is a time and a place, and I appreciate that time and place. But would you want to go on the quote-unquote female stroke woman equivalent of that? Because in the way that Gaydar Girls was sort of like a newspaper ad where people could say who they were and what kind of person they were looking to date there is an equivalent that has been made called Lex and it is essentially like a messaging board or like a community notice board where you can say I am a 36 year old woman in Woking and I have a cat and I would like somebody to have a cup of tea with while I have my pussycat sit on my lap like it's very dry and you know what even if they say I would like somebody to come do this with me that's probably quite rare a lot of the time it's like let's just get to know each other for 10 months and then go on a date and it will be like a 10 hour journey to the date and then we'll never speak again like it's oh that's why we all date our friends no apps involved we just date our friends or our friends exes or or whatever because uh it makes it makes life so much easier so whether or not you like dating apps or you don't like dating apps, um, it's fair to say that they've completely transformed the world of dating since Kate's gaydar girls days. But after the apps, of course, comes the actual dates. No! Woo! 
Oh, we had very different reactions. Oh, I thought it was cute. And as LGBTQ first people, our experiences of dating can be completely different to those of our straight cis counterparts. Have a listen to Juno Dawson talking about the idea of shame and how this can affect LGBTQ plus people starting out in the dating world. And I think that there is so much shame and that's what has been really interesting about my my now husband, which is that he is a straight man who has, who has grown up free from that shame. And what that kind of meant for him is that he's been dating since he was about 14 in a way that I just hadn't. So even though I'm 10 years older than him, he has kind of had more experience in relationships than I have because he just got started so much younger. So we kind of came to the table with the same amount of kind of relationship experience for want of a better phrase. And it's been really interesting to me to live with someone who didn't, have that shame and actually you know I grew up in the 90s when I had plenty of representation in film and tv and I had Dawson's Creek and and all kinds of things you know telling me that as as a young gay man that relationships were available to me I kind of grew up in the immediate post AIDS era I guess but yes still my my relationships in my 20s were doomed not so much because of gay men but because I was a trans woman and that was always the thing and I look back at the relationships I had in my 20s and really as much as I would like to say it was them it was me (laughs) (laughs) which is nice it's nice that I can admit that now I'm very sorry about this Shivani but I'm gonna have to go on a, a tiny rant and it is very tiny don't worry uh, I can see looking at me with some very, very curious face. Right. The whole thing that I, I struggle with is that, like, as kids, if you're a straight kid growing up, you see so many same-sex relationships, so that's that's normal. But if you're a non-straight person, all of a sudden, your entire life is spent, you know, growing up. All the other times that you could be enjoying it and, you know, four-year-old Johnny, I don't know, Johnny's probably not the best one, but four-year-old Johnny is, um, oh, a charm with the ladies. It's like, he's four! All of that time, whereas queer people... You don't get Johnny charming all the lads. No, no. If if Johnny's charming the lads, they'd call him a hazard and probably get him excluded. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's... uh, It's something that really grinds my gears as well. Like, the whole thing of kids being heartbreakers is gross. But also, I find it really weird when you're like... At, like in primary school when you're like nine or ten or whatever and you have a girlfriend or a boyfriend and it's always the straights they're always the ones doing it because two boys at nine years old are not saying he's my boyfriend because you'd get bullied for that sadly yeah. um and it shouldn't be the case that you get bullied for that not that i don't i don't think anyone would think that i think it should be the case but you know <laughs> what i mean like it's why can't children just be children and it be okay for them to just have a best friend of the opposite sex or the opposite gender and that to just be normal without having to put like a weird relationship label on it because what nine-year-old is actually having a relationship with another nine-year-old like like uh, it's really weird yeah it's really weird i think going back to juno in that clip i think part of it is about that that shame like yeah sure it's the the shame of of being a queer person and you're, you're being told by all of the things that you see, you know, gay being a pejorative, like, oh, gay, that's bad. And then on top of that, you have to come to terms and grapple with your own identity. So you've got those two things, but I don't think it's always about shame. I also just think it's about, as I mentioned, that that experience. I feel like I'm years behind, like people, my, people who are straight and would have been in the same environment as me 
at school making their way up you know oh they've got they've got like um sort of that they've got their bronze like swimming medal for dating and they've got their silver swimming medal and i wasn't eligible for them until i turned 16 and downloaded grinder for the first time yeah i think this is common thought though that queer people have a delayed puberty when it comes to dating when it comes to understanding our sexuality and our feelings and things like that exactly we have a delayed puberty because it's only when we're slightly older that maybe we have a bit more confidence to come out to date Mm -hmm. people it takes so much confidence to just say i'm gonna switch my dating app from uh a woman who likes men to a woman who likes women or a man who likes women to you know it it takes so much strength to do that especially when you're young especially when you don't know anyone else around you who might be lgbtq plus it's so hard and i think that whole thing of a delayed puberty Mm. is so true because it's only when we've uh, had the opportunity to sort of say yes this is who i am and this is what i like that we have the opportunity to sort of grow from that and explore because before that we're kind of just being stuffed into a box that we think we're supposed to be able to fit in but we don't really fit in at all and it's the the only box that the teachers are willing to just kind of accept that you go in even if you don't fit it's like that video um you know when it's got the different shape blocks and he puts them in the shape and puts the circle in the square box. And I was like, no, I, yeah. I hope you know what I'm on about because yeah. it, it brings me great joy and probably is one of the only videos on the internet that makes me go into actual tears of laughter when I watch <laughs> it. So I look forward to doing that on the tube to wherever I'm going next. Um, but that's, that's so true. I think it's so interesting in that clip to hear Juno put into words something which most of us in the community will have felt at some point in our dating lives. Absolutely. And somebody else who's had a really interesting perspective on dating is bisexual activist Lewis Oakley, who chatted to Matt Cain on his Sunday roast over the summer. Have a listen to Lewis talking about his experience of dating as a bisexual man. I mean, I think this is the thing. Um, Bisexuals, by and large, date outside of their own sexuality, if that makes sense. So usually they're dating gays or dating straights or or whatever. Um, So it is odd and i think because i was in a relationship with a guy for so long um when i was young it was then hard to go out dating and people had to remind me of like no you can't do it so i always remember after i broken up with my ex-boyfriend i was going on a date with a girl and my housemates at the time were both girls and the the whole conversation about pain came up and because i was like well when i go on dates with guys like we just split it or the older one <laughs> picks up the bill so i was like we're just gonna split and they were they literally laughed at me and they were like you can't do that you are the man she is the girl you have to pay so so that's one example as well and i think maybe maybe the attitudes towards sex are a little bit different too where sometimes i was like oh actually a girl's not gonna like that i have slept in the same bed as a guy i've slept with even though like well we're not gonna sleep together again we're just friends now so, stuff like that where it's like when i was with my ex-boyfriend that wasn't an issue where but now date you know dating straight girls that that can be so it's really odd i find like with straight people the, the most politically correct way i can say it's like oh you're very particular about the way you like things there's all these little rules that there weren't there before when i was just dating um someone of the same gender it's 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 odd i think we're all evolving i think that same-sex relationships will evolve i think that for so long um same-sex relationships kind of go off like well we know what straight relationships looks like so we replicate that i actually think you know now that we're kind of in a a more equal world where everyone can be honest about themselves that i think what's going to be really interesting is how those same-sex relationships evolve and be like we don't have to copy the straights anymore 
as a bisexual person, I can confirm that dating is so different when you date people either of the same sex or opposite sex or it's all it's all different there's a whole different etiquette you have to do these different things you have to like converse in a different way like with dating women it's sort of like let's get to know each other what's your star sign where did you grow up blah 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 all of these things with men it's very much like beer yeah bed okay like that's basically it and it's so wow. I'm, i mean i know it sounds so romantic doesn't it oh god it? beer yeah oh the words to my heart it's just oh one of those things that is so different between the different sexes when it comes to dating it's fascinating actually because it, it's almost like you're changing codes changing modes depending on like the circumstance that you find yourself in you know it, oh is this a queer date oh okay then we'll do it this way. I, I mean, I don't want to sound like um, flippant about this, but for all of the rubbish that gay people have to have, that queer people have to have, at least we don't have to worry about who splits the bill. There is that. There. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's that's pretty much the the one thing that kept me going is being like, well, at least if it's two guys, we don't have to worry about who's paying the bill. Yeah, there is that. <laughs> I think as well, like with dating. Um, what Lewis says there is with dating, you're sort of dating outside or inside of your sexuality. So you're either dating somebody queer or somebody who is straight, which is, in my experience, what has happened the vast majority of the dates I've been on. Mm-hmm. I've either dated straight men or queer women. And um, it's really interesting because it is like switching your mindset, your code switching, you're talking differently. The language that you use is different. Your cultural references are different. And... I, I just, I, I never actually had an opportunity to sit down and think about it until I, I listened to Lewis because he's so right. And so with doing that, sometimes it can feel like you're either in a gay relationship or a straight relationship because of the way you, you're perceived based on who you're with. So um, there's always this argument about bisexual people in in bars and clubs and people often perceiving them to be straight if they're if they're with somebody of the opposite sex or the opposite gender mm. and it's i think it can be really hard for bisexual people to still um own their queer identity or mm-hmm. their bisexual identity while being in a monogamous relationship with somebody who isn't what people perceive to be you know acceptable as a queer relationship but really our whole community is all about breaking the mold it's all about having relationships and whether that's friendships or romantic relationships in a way that is different to the way the straight community has built society and it's supposed to be um this whole new way of of engaging with people so why uh, there's this hang up why do we have this hang up as queer people about what looks and what doesn't look right for a queer relationship i think it's all nonsense yeah so with all of that in mind i think it's so interesting to hear from lewis uh about breaking down the binary of ideas in the dating world and somewhere else where we're seeing a normalization of lgbtq plus dating is on the telly even though shows like love island have branded queer people a i'm using air quotes for this episode 
logistical difficulty. Uh, but other shows like First Dates and Celebs Go Dating featured couples from the LGBTQ plus community. And speaking of Celebs Go Dating, in a minute we'll be chatting to the show's senior client coordinator, the very lovely Tom Reed Wilson. Woo! And we'll have our date with Tom right after your Virgin Radio Pride weekly update with Daryl Jackson. Thank you. Hello, first this week. The Football Association's policy on trans players has come under scrutiny after an official with the local grassroots league Super 5 reportedly said a trans non-binary football player should not be allowed to play in a women's league. Super 5 bills itself as an inclusive league for women and non-binary people. Camden Bells added it was boycotting the London-based league after the incident with its player. Now, there's a push from Prince Harry to remove the stigma around HIV and encourage more people to get tested. In a video call with former rugby star Gareth Thomas, who has the virus, to mark National HIV Testing Week, the Duke of Sussex said he feels an obligation to continue Princess Diana's unfinished work. Every single one of us has a duty, or at least an opportunity, to to get tested ourselves to make it easier for everybody else to get tested. And then it just becomes a regular thing like anything else. I think once you get to meet people and you see the suffering around the world, you can't turn, I certainly can't turn my back on that. The pair also discussed how normalising testing could help achieve the goal of ending new HIV cases in the UK by 2030. And of course, it was a Brit Awards this week and Adele dominated them, taking home three prizes. She won Best Song for Easy On Me, 30 was named Album of the Year and she also collected the new Gender Neutral Best Artist Award. I understand why the name of this award has changed, but I really love being a woman and being a female artist. I do. I do. I'm I'm really proud of us. I really, really am. Sam Fender, Little Sims and Dua Lipa were all winners on the ITV show too. That's all from me this week. I'll be back next week. Thank you, Daryl. And thanks for the flowers and chocolate. (laughs) Ah, Always a romantic. Now, if you switched on the telly recently, you'll more than likely have seen our next guest. He's usually found working the reception desk at the celebrity dating agency on Celebs Go Dating. And more recently, he's been getting a spin on Michael McIntyre's The Wheel and so much more. I'm delighted to say we've got ourselves a date with the very lovely Tom Reed Wilson. Hello, Tom. <laughs> oh, is this a date? It, Gosh, it, it's still my heart. I suddenly gurgled. I I have got some candles lit up, but I've been told they're a fire hazard, so they're not really turned on. So that's a bit disappointing for us. Oh, but... Al. Well, yes, I mean, you can flick them on with a switch these days, can't you? Modern technology. I have to start, though, with a really big congratulations. So you recently got a promotion at the Celebrity Dating Agency. <laughs> yes, indeed yes, I did. of course. Indeed I did. You travels fast tell us about your promotion to senior client coordinator yes well that is the title i don't know what new responsibilities i've had <laughs> I've, I've done a whole i've done a whole series under that new title and i i'm not any more threadbare than i was before which probably <laughs> shows you what a lazy girl i am but anyway it, it was it was lovely and it was a really sweet gesture of my beloved chums anna and paul who, uh, who really are uh, off screen and on my beloved chums. I mean, I know their families, they know mine. 
um, we've spent a great deal of time together and are very fond of each other and share a lot of it. We're all passionate about the arts, really passionate about the arts. So we often flank each other at theatres and things. That's so lovely. It's magical. Yeah. So yeah. I think we've got to explain for people who might not have seen the show in general, could you tell us a little bit about Celebs Go Dating? Give us the vibe. Oh, Viv, I'd be delighted to. Yes. Um, it The Celebrity Dating Agency is a way for celebrities to sort of penetrate their showbiz bubbles, really, you know, because I think one can get sort of rather locked into um, showbiz life. And we facilitate that by sieving for people from every possible other kind of professional line of work. And so we sieve for the golden nuggets and then we present them to our celebrities and then they proceed to date them. And then it's all about, it's all about the art of dating really. It's about the pitfalls thereof and the triumphs thereof too. You had a pretty huge triumph because Celebs Go Dating has been really progressive in featuring same-sex relationships since the third yes. series with uh, Bobby Norris in 2017. Do you remember yes. the reaction to that? I don't remember the audience reaction so much, but I do remember it happening very, very well because um, I uh, was very vociferous about about wanting that element of the show. And um, and when I took my thoughts to the production company, happily, they said, oh, we're enormously desirous of that too. And, and we are hatching a plan in that vein. And then I think, I think I'm right in saying for the one and only time, they dovetailed um, the entry of a client over two series. So Bobby arrived at the shank of series two and it gave everybody a chance to get very, very excited about him and also for a deluge of applications to come in. <laughs> and so then he could hit the ground running dating in series three and indeed he did brilliantly. So is there any difference with trying to set up an LGBTQ plus person versus a straight person when it comes to doing that on the show? Well, there was a big difference for the straight and gay gay uh, cast member that very first time and subsequently because um, the mixers, we, we call them mixers. I, I don't know if we coined that word, but they're like sort of big grand cocktail parties that we throw. A soiree, and darling. A soiree, Shiv. That is the mot juste, the mot juste. And uh, in these soirees, we send in our celebrities and ask them to mingle. And of course, there was an extra layer when um, we broadened out to embrace um, LGBTQ plus dating too, because there was a, a measure of deduction that had to happen as to people's orientation. Because, I mean, you could quite easily, and it, indeed it happened, and it's happened to me many times in my life too, you could be eight minutes into a giant stonking flirt only to learn that the person that you're flirting with is actually straight, you know, or, um, and, and actually, <laughs> I don't know if it happens to you guys, but the straight ladies and gentlemen, um, flirt 
much more. So you'd think it wouldn't be a pitfall, but it's a massive pitfall. There are some... I don't know if it ever made it on on screen, but I remember it happening many times. Well, there's a lot of nodding happening here in the studio. <laughs> I think we can both relate to that. Yes, many, yes. many a time on the uh, heaven dance floor going, oh, okay, you're just here with your friends. Um, <laughs> so we've all got a bad experience. Puberty hit halfway more through like that a, one. More like an experience of, so how much of an ally are you going to be tonight? <laughs> uh, yes, yes, ally with a cat. Absolutely, please. Yes. 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 I suddenly thought that your set had fallen down, but that star is digital, isn't it? Behind you. Wow. <laughs> yes. Yes. It does that. It's and very it disorientating. Sometimes go like that, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought, oh no, Al's going to be decapitated by his own star. <laughs> he's a star that's sh- he's a star that shines so bright he can't be decapitated. That was a mouthful. No, I get through it. I quite agree with you, Shiv. I quite agree with you. That beautiful beaming countenance. I have to ask you, uh, from we, we've spoken about those experiences of, you know, uh, seeing the straight people overflow and whatever that may be. Yes. What have your experiences of dating been like? Because I know you mentioned before about the idea of self-censorship in dating. Yes, and I, uh, that's rather poorly expressed on my part. I mean, what I, what I mean is um, that... I I am a rather curious creature and I like that very much these days. But I think in my 20s, and I know you're dazzled that I'm not still in them, but um, in my my 20s, I, I used to sort of have a tug of war with my curiosities and idiosyncrasies. And so sometimes I think I used to, try and quieten them down on dates, thinking, oh, this will be too much for the person. And then I had an epiphany, I think, uh, around the age of 30, where I thought, no, actually, the things I'm most attracted to in others are their idiosyncrasies. It's often some of their nervous behavior, you know, if they're sort of fiddling with their lapel or if they stutter a bit or that sort of thing. I, I find really prepossessing, not least because it shows how much they care, but just those things are enormously attractive. And I thought, why am I potentially cutting off my nose to spite my face by trimming all of my curiosities when they may be the thing that actually hooks me the man this know. is the thing though these are n- normal human traits like i i've always found that if you are having like a normal human interaction on a date yes you're going to eventually lose the polish that makes you this perfective thing like three six nine months down the line so yes. what's the point of keeping it up it's a facade sometimes the fact yes. that you can make the facade last for three six or nine months is impressive enough showbiz baby <laughs> 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 So, yes, no, I, I I couldn't agree more. And it it is, I mean, it's, it sounds corny and rather hackneyed, but love is about warts and all. But, I mean, the funny thing is, I think it's less about acceptance of warts so much as finding the warts themselves delicious. <laughs> and I know I've stretched that analogy an awfully long way, but, but I do, I, I invariably do, so... I ought to have the same faith in other people to so, feel the same way about me, you know. So speaking of uh, delicious uh, things that you might like about a different person, 
You've yeah. spoken about a rather awkward dating experience where a hunk of lamb got lodged in your throat mid-date. Oh, Shiv. Oh, gosh, yes. Well, it Could was you... it was a date experience and a near-death experience. It, it <laughs> really, it was ghastly. I, my date, I feel awful, but, you know, I will never identify him. But um, he was taciturn, to say the least. And so I was doing the lion's share of, of the talking um, rather uncomfortably. And this beautiful lamb shank arrived and it was steaming when it arrived. And uh, about seven anecdotes of mine later, it wasn't <laughs> steaming anymore. And I hit upon a subject mercifully that piqued his interest and he launched into an anecdote of his own. And I thought, oh, this is wonderful, I can eat now. So I tucked in and then his anecdote stopped abruptly. I mean, with no warning at all. And he asked me a question and I, and I had a mouthful. And I thought, oh, I'd better swallow this hunk of lamb. And I thought I've masticated enough, but I hadn't. And it got lodged in my gullet and I went puce in the face and I staggered across the building to the loo and I was the only person in the loo and I saw this vein throbbing on my forehead that I'd never seen before. <laughs> and I thought, I'm gonna have to try and attempt the Heimlich maneuver on myself against the wash basin. And that's what I did. And eventually with a lot of force, I regurgitated this hunk of lamb, but I just had visions of him with my mobile phone, sort of attempting to call my parents and my parents thinking, oh, gosh, his last memory was this sort of rather beige. <laughs> what, what a story. At least you can dine out on that terrible date story for a long time to come. Oh, yes, Shiv, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Thank you so much for chatting to us. And if you've missed any of the drama from Celebs Go Dating, you can catch up on all of it on all four. Yes, thank you, Tom. Do you know what, Shivani? I think that date went pretty well, don't you? I do indeed. In fact, I'd say it's one of the best first dates I've been on. I think a relationship might be on the cards. Wow, this isn't one of the first dates you've been on. I am deeply offended. It's funny you should say that, though, because we've spoken about the differences which LGBTQ plus people experience in dating. But what happens when we enter the relationship phase? Have a listen to poet Sophia Blackwell talking about gender roles in her own relationship. When I think about it, I was, on the way here, I was thinking about my straight female friends and a lot of them have very equal relationships with their husbands and the division of domestic labour is, is quite equal. What I struggle with is I don't know how I would have been at dating guys. Uh, I don't think I would have liked to have coped with some of the things that you read about these days, like ghosting, breadcrumbing, that sort of thing. And lesbians, you know, they're, they're not perfect, but they can't they do they do avoid some of that and we, we do tend to be serial monogamists so we tend to avoid that that side of things entirely and just kind of move in with each other immediately so <laughs> I've, I've always liked that uh, my wife and I play to our strengths we have the saying that Helena is logistics and I'm details so you know she does the logistical work and I make sure everything looks good and makes sense and that works for us we don't try and make each other do things that you know 
we don't do. We pick up on the other person's slightly weaker areas and try and lean into that. Well, can I just say, actually, in my relationship, I, um, you know, what you sometimes get is the more feminine partner doing more traditionally female, in inverted commas, activities. And in mine, I am the more femme of the two of us. I tend to look after the house and do the cooking. In my head, that is because I work from home. My other half doesn't. I have more time to do these things. And I do. When he's commuting at the end of the day, I have half an hour, an hour, when I do that kind of thing. But I do sometimes worry, are heteronormative gender roles seeping, sneaking into our relationship? And then I think, how far is that from who's the man and who's the woman, as we used to get asked as um, gay people? You know what I've got to say to that? No more gender roles, only mini roles. <laughs> they are delicious, to be fair. I can't have too many of the lactose malarkey going on. Um, <laughs> you know, I can't really talk uh, as a gay man about relationships for you know women, <laughs> as as I am not one. But uh, I do notice in when people talk about their their gay relationships, they'll always kind of almost assert either like a a role based on their work or a role based on their sexual position or whatever it may be you know oh he's the bottom he he'll have the meal paid for for him or whatever that, that, that might be and i find it's quite interesting to hear that experience is replicated in other queer relationships it's not just gay men interesting that you're contradicting yourself when you said gay men don't ever have to argue about who's paying for the bill now you're just contradicting yourself <laughs> there yeah you can rewind a couple of minutes see alex uh, lie to us bareface lie oh great i'm gonna have to eat my words <laughs> later on aren't i I'll, I'll put a twitter note apology out in a couple of minutes time i think um i think it is interesting but i think it is also an element of playing towards strengths like that's what i do with my partner and um it happens to be that she is more femme, uh, if you could believe there is anybody in the world more femme than me. Um, she is the person that mostly does the baking, makes a great cake, and that is because she enjoys baking and she's very good at it. And I am terrible, but you know what I'm good at? I'm really good at putting together IKEA furniture. Oh, that is a very good role to have in any relationship, to be fair. I know, right? So, like, as long as you're playing to your strengths and uh, helping each other out, I think picking up the slack and sort of splitting it still 50-50, but doing it in a way that makes sense. Like it would take me three hours to bake a cake so that it would only take her one hour to bake, for example, probably because I'd have forgotten to turn the oven on. Yeah, that's okay. I've done that many times myself. Um, you know, it's quite interesting also that whole idea of, of looking at a queer relationship for a straight lens. Um, and I think sometimes when you have interactions with straight people, they want their view of your relationship to match with what they have. And if they're a straight couple, they're like, who's the man and who's the woman? It, 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 it's true. I think it's just that actually might not necessarily come out of intolerance. It might just come out of them wanting to fit it into this heterosexual box. Wait until they hear about polyamory. <laughs> oh, no. Let's not rock their boots too hard today. <laughs> I do think uh, Sophia's had it extremely lucky, though, because things like ghosting and breadcrumbing, all of those horrible, toxic things, they do happen in the queer community, even in the women dating women world. And um, it's still horrible in the queer community. And I think Sophia's just gotten extremely lucky. We've all been ghosted at one point in our lives, haven't we? I know, yeah. It's brave to admit it. Right, that is very sadly just about all we've got time for on this special Valentine's Day episode of the Virgin Radio podcast because I've got a date to get to. 
joking. I, I thought don't. this was a date. Oh, this is controversial. So let's get the bill settled up. Should we split it? Oh, no, we don't do that in the queer community. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you're up to on the day itself, even if you're just curled up on the sofa with Virgin Radio and a big old bowl of ice cream, we hope you'll have a lovely day. And just warning you, there are some lacto-free alternatives to ice cream if you are, like me, going to be in writhing pain if you had a Ben and Jerry's on the sofa. If you want to tell us what you're up to for Valentine's Day or if you want to get in touch for any reason, you can email us on the email address podcast at virginradio.co.uk or you can tweet us at virgin radio uk remembering to use hashtag virgin radio podcast we'll leave you with a tiny clip from one of the absolute highlights of virgin radio pride which was steve denyer's chat with activist lord michael cashman have a listen to what he thinks the true meaning of love is and we'll see you next week to be loved um, is to be changed and it's the only thing that sustains you in the end, you can get through anything. It's the only thing.